Hey, sweetheart, this is available for you to listen to whenever. You understand? It's just on here for whenever. Whenever. You understand? Whenever. But um, just got back from the meeting. God told me to log off now. And it was very rewarding. The information was very, you know, glorifying unto God. Just me sitting there listening. And I really thank God for, you know, Anthony Brown taking the time to acknowledge you know me when I tuned in and still at the same time as God had me to listen, you hear everything far as in economically, you know, you know, politically, all these things about manufacturing companies, legislation, all of that. But the difference is between what God had me to propose as a proposition before them is spiritual. And in this country, spirituality is a choice. It's not a necessity to many people. It's not like you go to, uh, let me say, Israel and in certain parts, you know, the population are Jewish. And if you go to, let's see, Pakistan, the Middle Eastern, you will see that the most of the population is Muslim. So if you go there and you propose anything regarding Islam, you'll be quick to be heard. But when it comes to America, which is a land of the free, a land of opportunity, a land for people to be who they are, however to express, however they do, and so many acts been passed due to freedom of speech and all these things that everybody has a right to. So when it comes to a preference due to religion, you know, you still got to realize that it's based upon this group, that group, that group, and another. So even though it seems to be, you know, not so easy to take the necessary steps, but they are worth taking because God is in control. And whatever you put in our heart to do, that's what we do. And I gain a great sense. Let me tell you something. When it comes to politics, a lot of times... We try to sound so fancy. We try to beat around the questions because we don't know the answers. Let's speak for those who are in office. And if, they, if someone asks a question that you just don't know, many people are walking with so much pride and they just don't just know how to say, I don't know, but let me get back to you with that. Because they're afraid that someone's going to look at them less than or feel as though they shouldn't even vote for them because they're not worth being in their position in office. Instead of just admitting that, you know, let me get back to you, not even worried about people, but caring about purpose, politically even, and just, you know, they try to beat around the questions and beating around the bush, trying to get you all the way outside of the question, somewhere else that don't even make sense, just to have you to gain sense of being as though, I don't know where he's going with this conversation or with these answers. Maybe, okay, you answered it, but the whole time you didn't answer it, you don't even know what you're saying, no one does. You understand, no one actually knows the basics to actually what's going on here. It seems like everyone's pointing a finger at this party. The governor, no, the senator, no, the legislation, no, you know, Hogan this, no, Trump at the time of this, no, Biden this. How about we hold our own selves for our own accountability in office? Because everybody in office for something specifically. You understand, even as a senator, even as a representative, even as a mayor, it doesn't matter. You in that office for that specific duty. You understand to bring forth whatever type of change regarding your, you know, your title in office. So a lot of times it's like people just pushing on other people. It's so many acts. He done named over 30 acts back in whenever when. And the thing about it is, it's good to have an act, but the thing about it is none of them actually, you know, it doesn't benefit anything. The acts are pretty much based upon personality or how people feel emotionally at the time. 
Yes, I understand that. Yes, now we have, you know, acts regarding whatever type of punishment or tragedy happened to this person. Okay, now we have an act for this. Okay, now we have an act for more insulin. Okay, now we have an act for affordable housing. I mean, affordable housing due to the pandemic. There are over a thousand acts that's in place and probably 30 that he said that he know for sure that have been passed, that have been granted, which is not easy to do because Hogan is so quick to say, no, we're going to go with something else. No, we're going to go with something else. And when it comes to housing, whether you, you pay mortgage, you own your home, or you rent a home, they passed a bill where, due to the pandemic, no one can be evicted. You understand? During that time, because they put enough funds in there for that. But the thing is, when you live in on property, I mean, private property, that's a big difference. And when it comes to the unions, that is also a big difference. Because he wrote a letter to different, you know, companies regarding the pandemic and how to, you know, raise up, you know, the wages and to also bring forth the changes due to what happened during the pandemic. And he wrote a letter and sent them out to a lot of manufact manufacturing companies. Yes, we get that. But now we had a woman that was on there. I wrote every person named down and every, you know, issue they wanted to address. And she works for the post office in Northern Virginia. So he, he brought up the name, you know, the post, um, posters, you know, reforming act. Due to jury, you know, colony, and that's the, you know, that's what they're working on. But the thing is, it didn't benefit the person. It actually made matters worse because they have a letter that they all supposed to go by. But the thing about it is, it's up to, you know, the supervisor, the manager, the CEO of that company that's going to allow the people to go by. And if they don't go by, what's going to happen? They're not going to close your company down because they just passed the act for no companies to, you know, suffer. It's a suffering act due to the pandemic that people are gaining back much more than what they lost. So now it's pretty much you helping, but it's actually biting you back in the end, in the long run, because you put up an act to protect people to gain more wages and to protect them while they're there due to the act, but you're still protecting the supervisor, the CEOs over the opposite act regarding the same matter. So it's like they're going back and forth with each other. But the thing is, you can't, how far can you go against your supervisor? How far can an employee go with the employer? I understand. They can replace you in a heartbeat, no matter how you personally feel due to whatever letter that you have sent. And he also addressed it that he, this is his last term. He's not going anymore because he's going to run for a general. He's going to run for, what did he say? Um, I wrote it down. Oh, thank you. Attorney General. He's going to run for the Attorney General. He's going to run for that next year. So, okay. Okay, so much for that. But the thing is, then we was talking about, you know, the war in Ukraine. I thank God for just one thing about me. I don't have to write much, thing, much things down. And all of this is a half an hour worth of conversation that I soaked up everywhere because I am a sponge. I am definitely a sponge. Whenever it comes to something of God, I am I soak it all in. And the thing about it is, it doesn't make any sense. Then we're talking about uh, um, the casino prices, okay? The casino prices went up due to the pandemic. I understand that. Then they have a new act going on for that where you are able to get more, you know, chips and more on your, you know, your gambling card than you put in, okay? It's a percentage of that, 10 to 30% of that. Okay, fine. Dismiss that. It's not really important. You understand? That's a preference to me. That's You choose. You don't have to. It's not a job. It's, it doesn't, you know, provide you any income. You're taking a chance to even gain an income or lose income because you're gambling pretty much. You either win or you lose. So that's not a necessity. That's just something that you, you know, you prefer to do. But uh, another question was pretty much about, you know, the war and what's going on with Ukraine and how he was saying that we are backing up. Oh, I see you, Angel. My God. 
<laughs> oh God, <laughs> I can't turn away from you. <laughs> I don't want to hear what you just, you know, anyway. And you know how we backing up, you know, Ukraine a thousand percent and pretty much making it difficult. He's saying making it difficult for Putin for the things that he's doing. So every, every time he try to go against, we're trying to make it harder for him. And, you know, far as in education, far as in, you know, healthcare, far as in job, the employment rate went sky high because no one's able to keep their jobs there because the money is, you know, going down, the ratings going down because the crime rate is going high. And America is pretty much doing with Ukraine. It's making it difficult for him to keep trying to do what he's doing to pretty much have him to give up and surrender. Now, I'm okay with that. But what I don't understand, what don't make any legitimate sense is that he said 30 to 40, was it 40%? Yes, 40% of Europe's energy comes from Russia as of right now. So you mean to tell me <laughs> you in war with them, you try to make it difficult for them, but behind closed doors, you really need them. So how, how much sense does that make? You ain't need with somebody you in war with? Come on, somebody. And then we talking about South America. We went to went to towards every nation. Okay, now South America. Okay, what about it? Okay, now many people and they talk about you know the wall that Trump wanted to get built. I understand that, but you know how much sense does that make? Because anybody can you know get in and get out, no matter if you go through a wall or not. Because we can still leave out of here and people can still come in. You can't tell us that you can't hold us here as hostage. You understand? And the thing is, they making so many laws and so many acts. That's actually a contradiction towards the brighter future that they want to have for America. You understand? It's like you can't slave somebody and then come up with freedom of this. You know, how can a slave be free? If you you understand, if you're enslaving them, which one is it? How can you have someone to, you know, increase in marketing when you're talking about the stocks and bonds going so, you know, going down, like everything's been affected due to the pandemic. But they still have so much money to go in different things. The thing about it is, and this is what Holy Spirit said to me, they just don't know how to micromanage the money. That's all it is. Money is going for what people just in different offices use their money. To, you know why? Because they have to prove a point that they were trying to make why they even got before they even got in their position. Because when you're running, you're telling you're feeding America what you're going to do, what, how you know you're going to bring this to pass. You're going towards health care, you're going towards child care, you're going towards welfare, you're going towards your well being, you're going to the manufacturing company, you're going towards the unions, you're going towards the legislation, you're going towards all of these things. So you got to bring forth what you said because you cannot be proven as a liar, but many of them are. But the thing about it is, people don't, especially if you have a heart for people, and more so the Democratic Party, you realize that you, you want to release more because you're more for the people and less for the money. But like he stated, I am, he is a Democrat, but he still agree with Republican values. And that's everybody pretty much. You understand? Everybody agreed to some, you know, certain extent. Because Republicans is not the way how they used to be, you know, back in the day. It used to be just basically about race. It's not even about race anymore. It's about well-being. You understand? And, you know, Democratic Party, you already are aware, it's more for the people, the well-being of the people, the health care, all those things, to help those who are, you know, less affordable to be able to take care of those expenses that are on the rise currently. But for those who are middle class and high class Republicans, they more so, you know, like, you know, we work for what we do. We believe in, you know, you work for what you have. You know, we can't keep pacifying you. I mean, our money should be, you know, we already paying taxes for the bridges, for these social groups, for this, for welfare, for health care. And how much more do you want? 
I mean, it's like you had the opportunity provided before you the same way I had, you know, provided before me. So if I can do it, you can do it too. Stop being a baby, get up, and try to make the best out of your life. That's pretty much what's going on now on both ends. So you see more of those, you know, in African-American culture, you know, becoming Republicans because you know what? They're increasing in their, you know, well-being. They're increasing in their income. So... The more you make, you know, the more you're going to have to give. So that's what Republicans pretty much, you know, are after. And the Democrats are more so like, you know, those who make less, you know, we're going to help them out, you know, keep them making something so they won't have nothing. And, you know, you, you get the both values of each each end. But, you know, like we said, you know, we represent Democrats. That's what we do. But we still understand Republican values. Because somebody could quickly say, oh, I'm, I'm a Democrat, I'm against Republicans because it's all about the, they're all about the money, we're about the people. But yet, when you get that promotion, when you become that CEO, when you get your own business, you understand? And when it's time for taxes, you wouldn't want to go on the Republican side. You understand? And many of them do. You'd be amazed how many of them are on there that you wouldn't even thought because of they feel as though they, they earned their money, they work hard for their money. So watch out to freely give it to somebody who don't really want to take it seriously about regarding well-being. But the thing is, we cannot prejudge anybody's lifestyle, anybody personal, anything, because we don't know what people go through at home. We can't assume that everybody who on welfare that just don't want to work. We can't assume because there's a such thing which they passed that act called Hardships Act. You understand? So that's another thing. Then they're talking about, you know, seniors and you know, their well-being, and it was a gentleman, he was like, you know, I need to find somewhere where I can live, you know, the spaces are high, but the thing about it is, a lot of things that we come at, we just come at without even doing our own personal research, because it's it's out there, it's provided, you know, it's, you know, it's provided, if I was in anybody well-being, you know, healthcare, home care, AIDS, all that's provided, you got to do your own research sometimes, like, come on now, so, and then back to God was saying, but the war, it doesn't make any sense. And oh, but thank you, Father. He said um, South America. So the thing is, you know, he was explaining how he went there and how many political parties go to visit different nations, but they got stuck with South America because a lot of them, you know, the immigrants are here. And, you know, they are here legally because, you know, they're here. And, you know, and this is, a you know, a country that provides opportunity for you to grow. You know, it's less hardship. It's more opportunity. And, in South America, he was talking about how the hardships are, you know, terrible, the violence, you're not able to get a job, you're not able to do good, you're not able to even, you know, help yourself. So many of them came here and what? They're doing the, the best they can. They're, most of D.C. is from South, you know, from the, you know, immigration of South America. And I thank God for anybody and everybody who comes here. It's a blessing to me, especially if you have you know, an open heart to better yourself and not come here to try to terrorize anything. You understand? So it's like a lot of money pretty much being sent out in different areas that's not long-lasting because anything can happen. You know, you understand? And if things tend to happen economically, it's going to cause, the, you know, the income, you know, the rates to increase. It's going to increase. And here God have me to hear all this. And I can see, you know, Mary's looking, looking at me like, you know, is she going to ask a question? Is she going to ask a question? I can see he looking because we, can, we can't see that he see us, but we can see him. We can't see nobody. It's so secure where you can't see who else is on there on the via Zoom. You can only see him and his representatives. You can't, you, you know, 
raise your hand. You can't, you, you don't have to, there's not even no option to even turn your mic on or turn your camera on. Every camera is on and that, he, it's set up that way. Every camera is on. Every person face has to be seen. Everyone is muted. And before you even think to say anything, you have to type in a request to his representative and to ask his assistant, is it okay when it's time for us to give our, our opinion? And you have to let them know what is the subject about. And I just thank God for that level of security. I mean, that you can't see nobody else on it. That's good because people are on, do things for different reasons. And, you know, it just, a lot of things, it just don't make sense. And the reason why is because it's like everybody's just running around trying to make great change in different areas without working together. We have to do it together. They say, how can we make America better? By being together. Abraham Lincoln said, united we stand, divided we fall. That's what he said. And that is so true. We have to work together. A lot of things take place that we as Americans don't even know what's going on politically behind the walls of, you know, of these press conferences and all these things. God bless me to um, save America due to a dream. Let me tell you what happened. My God. And that's how President Obama emailed me that letter. God gave me a dream. I had to be bold enough to let them know because I'm in a president's club. And God gave me a dream. President Obama was in China. And him and the president of China made a truce about something. I don't know what it was about. And it was in a press conference. And it, the plan was to go in front of, you know, worldwide and shake on it so everybody could know, you know, we agree. We not disagree. Because if you disagree, you can you start a war. No, we want everybody to see. We shake hands. You have to shake on it. They shake hands, you know, and they shook hands. But the president of China had his fingers crossed behind his back. He was pretending he was agreeing the whole time, was upset about the things Obama was saying because Obama was, he's more passionate about things, more about togetherness to help everybody. And the president of Japan is more like, you know, because of us and our nuclear weapons and our manufacturing companies, you guys have about 40% of what you have in your country today. So we have more say-so over your country than you do. And he didn't agree. And what happened is God told me to tell him. I said, oh, God, come on, come on, come on, come on, God, come on, God, come on, God. <laughs> he said, email him. I said, okay. But even though the president doesn't get the emails directly, you know, but being in the, in the president's club, it bumps you up higher than, you know, being a person that's outside or just want to do, a, a, you know, a personal email. It got to go past 10 people before it actually go to the president. And when you're in the president's club, it bumped you up to, you know, five, five people. So, you know, it made it to him because, you know, it was what it was. And, you know, I thank God that they passed it to him. And guess what? God said, go turn to God said, turn the news on. I turned the news on. It was the next day. And President Obama went back in front of the press and he addressed it. He addressed it to the president of, you know, of China, who already went on his way home. 
And he was saying, you know, what he wanted him to say, you know, guess what? Okay, this is what I was thinking that was best for us. But how about we going to do what's best for both nations? How about you come up with some ideas and I come up with some? And he agreed. He came back and he shook. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Oh, God. God. That's why President Obama said, you will change the nation. And how do we change the nation? Just being bold, taking risks, sent by God. Man, what if I was afraid? We would have probably been in war. We ain't trying to go to war with Asia. Don't trip. Most of our things here are from Asia. Come on, somebody. And how does that sound? It doesn't make sense. It's all about pride when it comes to pres- you know, presidency a lot of times. Come on now. 40% of your energy coming from Russia? Ukraine? No, the whole Europe. Why in the world would you even want to go into war with somebody who you feel as though you need? And I'm going to tell you how selfish we can be sometimes. Because Putin knows that America and Europe are making it difficult for Russia on purpose. Because many employees, see a lot of the companies that are there are American. Um, like McDonald's, that's American. The founder is American. So everywhere that a McDonald's is, it's because we allow that company to be there and still profit from it. Just like if we have any restaurant from someone else's culture here. And I mean, you know, I'm not talking about no private owned, you know, companies or businesses or restaurants. Anybody can get a restaurant. I mean, those, you know, globally like Wendy's, you know, Pizza Hut, you know, with the logos. Those are American. So what they in a lot of companies there are American in Russia. So what America did was close down those companies. So now the people are not able to work. So what they're trying to do is put them between a rock and a hard place and say, you know what? I care about my people. Forget it. The war is over. But it's about pride with this man. Because now the people are suffering. They have no jobs. They have no income. They have no acts regarding economical increase so what he's trying to do to hurt us is when it comes to the oil and that's all he pretty much has what gas and guess what we are complaining but America going to make sure that you know you have enough income to make sure you have the gas because there's so many resources out here to help you regarding it Every country, every nation don't have housing assistance, don't have public energy assistance. Every nation don't have what America has to offer America's people. That's why out of every nation, many want to come here. And I totally understand. And for me, if I was, you know, an immigrant somewhere else and looking on the outside end of America, what would have me to want to come here is a freedom of speech. Because having a voice to be heard, that will make some changes. For that act to become a law, that's powerful. Because everybody wasn't able to say things. Think about all the lovely women and men from different races. You got the Asians, you got the Indians, all these beautiful people who brought forth history and made great change here. Now imagine if they weren't able to come here or voice to be heard while they were here. 
Now, how would the change been made? See what I'm saying? And this man is so stubborn. And think about it, it's on the outside looking in. Yes, he's stubborn because, you know, presidency, you're supposed to care about your people, your citizen, your fellow citizens. You don't care. You all about, you see, it's personal with him now. It's not even about the people. It's about, it ain't even about presidency with him anymore. It's personal. You're not going to get me to give up. It's a pride thing. See, when, it, when, it, when we make it personal with personality, then pride is present. That man is suffering terrible, for real. And another person asks, well, what are, you know, the images, what, is, what are the impacts that Europe is actually having on Russia? Because we're seeing what Russia is doing to Ukraine. And you begin to talk about it. See, the thing is, they're hurting Ukraine, you know, followers in, you know, terrorizing and throwing down buildings and blowing up people and buildings and they tearing up stuff. But the thing is, Europe is hurting them more when it comes to the economics. So you can tear down a home and you can rebuild it back. But when it comes to taking the, you know, the jobs away, the employment away by taking the companies away, the companies are no more. Right as of right now, no. So now the people are out of work. So now their way of living is, you know, so now they're going to him about it. So now they put them in a rock and a hard place. Now you have to listen to your people in this war. Stop being stubborn. You understand? And God had me to listen to all of this today because I had a phone call. Okay, I'll call her back. I had all this to listen today because God had me to see how much I soaked in just in 25 to 35 minutes. And he know why I was there because before you become, you know, invited to, you know, from the, you know, reserve your spot, he have to know, you know, you have to give an email, personal email to Anthony Brown. That's how he have it set up. That's how he wanted. That's his preference as to why you were brought you to join. And I had no idea I was going to even join today. I messaged him last week on email due to. Uh, taking steps of faith from the Library of Congress. And things don't hurt, happen overnight. And I know that. I know that. But I thank God for using me to take these steps of faith to not be afraid. And I sat there and he said, welcome, Quenisha. There's not many Quenishas you have heard. So when I hear about, oh, Quenisha has a question, he already know who and what is referring to. Because I put down what God put in me to say, to change, to bring the change. And God had me to feel coming from him. I get it, Quenisha. I understand. I totally agree. But a lot of things I agree with, Hogan don't. Other senators don't. It won't even make it too the president to even make it to the House of Representatives. He won't even make it to the mayor. Because what they're thinking, you're not thinking. See, the thing is, when it comes to politics, it's regarding welfare and well-being revolving the physical senses. 
what you can physically see, what you can physically hear, what you can physically encounter, physically. And spiritually, biblically, you know, follows in our theology, biblical-wise, it teaches us to live off our spiritual senses from a world that we physically cannot see. And in America, it's a preference. It's a choice to choose to want to serve your God, to choose to want to believe Jesus as Lord. Even if we all do in this section, but guess what? Everybody does it currently. And I say boldly, currently, because that's not the finality. That's why we're here to make that change. It's not a force. See, the thing is, politically, you can force acts. You can force things. You can force, you know, job closings, school closings. Like the pandemic. Everything was shut down. We had no say-so. But spiritually, we benefited because God is in control. He has the final word. Regardless of who say what. So what God had me to do is not as easy as it may seem. But knowing that it get done because God has given it to me, therefore it's already done. He just showing me what, what's already been done. Now I have to rewalk out what he already have written. And he just showed me that what I'm saying, my proposition with the mayor, yeah, is spiritual. It has everything to do with you know, a choice. It's not a necessity to many people because many don't have no religion. You understand? So God had me to take these steps to connect with this man because he know what I'm about. He know why I was there. He know I came to gain a greater sense because I said that of what's actually going on here. And it's not just what goes on here. It's opened up a door to what's going on everywhere else. Because how can God use me to make change where well, I don't even know where to start with the change? God will lead us where we should go, but God also wants us to be educated too in our craft. He's not going to have you to be gifted in music and you not even know how to read it. You got to learn your craft. See, he had me to go worldwide so I have to know what's going on in the world. And I found out on this... Via Zoom meeting. And what it would have pretty much fall down to, everybody put their hands to the plow and just trying to bring great change to release that, you know, I am proven right, that I am good to be a senator. I'm glad you voted for me. Now look what I said I was going to do. I'm doing this. Me as a, you know, a governor, I'm bringing this pass. And me as a congresswoman or congressman, I'm bringing this to pass. Me as a senator, I'm bringing this to pass. Me as an attorney, I'm bringing this to pass. Me as a president, me as a vice president, you know, I'm bringing this to pass. What you said, why you voted for me? Now everybody's doing all kinds of things. And all these things cost. There's no such thing as a country or a nation running out of money. Because each nation has their own money. It has a print office to print the money. America throw away money every billions every day of marked money. Seriously. 
bill's been thrown away. It's 2022. So many new bills are here. We're going to always produce the resources to keep the money going. And that goes for every nation. It's just that some nations are more selfish than others. More countries, more islands, more places of living are more selfish than others. Because every nation has a printing office to keep the money going. And most of them want to keep the money going within their own reach and say, forget the people they don't even know. And that's why many come here, because we have a political party that's called Democrats and Republicans. And whether you want either party or not, it's still going to benefit you of being a citizen. Because there are opportunities for everybody, no matter what party you're in. Housing programs is not just for Democrats, for all citizens who can apply. So it's pretty much just everybody just putting their hands to the plow and just for temporary, you know, change until they're out of office. Let me do what I can do for these three years. But the thing about it is, it takes a humble person. What can I do to change it? Period. So this could stay even when I'm not in office. See, that's what America was built upon. The things that change and still be effective of today. Like the Freedom of Speech acting. The amendments and, you understand, the rights, the Bill of Rights and the constitutional rights, all those things benefit us, you know, here, period. There's no ending to the year of that. It's period. So many people are trying to do things, with, you know, with a, with a year to it, you know, with a time frame, a time limit. It's like putting a Band-Aid over a womb, but, you know, and then you go in the water like it's not going to come off. And then the womb is opened again. But it's not my problem because I'm not in office anymore. Now it's the next person's part. I mean, problem. Come on. That's why we need to make the change, which is a movement. And it only could be made being led by God. Because we're filled with wisdom. We know how to bring the change and have it to remain. And goes in effect, you know, for everybody's well-being, not just America, because God is a God of everybody, everyone, at the same time, everywhere. So I just shared that with you. And God said he's going to get back in touch with you, Quenisha, because you asked him something that no one never did. It's like God uses me sometimes to go to people in ways that nobody else did. And it takes a lot of boldness to do some of these things. It does. God had me to put my Sunday best on and God knew, but I didn't know that I wasn't even able to see myself. He was only able to see me. No one else was. And that's all God wanted me to present myself before this man. That's an office. For the remainder of this year, he's not running again. I'm not thinking about the next term. I'm not thinking about the next day. I'm thinking about this day. 
And what I did was very bold. And I thank God for it. Because I was, you know, not going to gossip, used the word nervous, but I was, you know, stirring myself up. Let me just do, go to the live video, God, so you don't have to know, you know, it's me. So, you know, go to Zoom, Cornisha. Okay. Okay. And that's where I met with God in Christ today, sweetheart, Holy Spirit. Now I have to say nothing else, but okay, yes. For God to say, do this, yes. Go here, yes. No, wait, let me get this. No, yes. I know too much to say anything else other than yes. Yes. Go to the White House, yes. He won't have us be out of order. Was Esther out of order? Spiritually, she was at the right place at the right time. Think God didn't know that? God said to me when I was on a recording, he wanted me, he even told me I was listening on Zoom, come here and say this to you right now. And that was, you know, almost an hour ago. He says, go in there when you finish and talk to him about you know, everything I'm saying. He's like, you know, you, you, at your modern day, you know, you have the, of who you are. It's nothing but my word repeating itself because my word will always remain. It may be a, a, a different situation, but, you know, overall, it's still the same. Regarding my people. See, in Esther and Mordecai and in Ezra and them time, the old covenant, it was about the children of God. But Christ got up on all of our behalf. Now we are all children of God, whether we are aware or not. And that's why it's so important to be Christ-like as an ambassador, as a disciple, as an apostle. Being so apostolic. Apostolic is nothing but just going around the world as a disciple on the behalf of Christ. Planting churches everywhere. And trust me, it's not buildings, even though buildings do be, you know, how God wanted them to be. But it's people. Planting people. That's why when God tells me to look up something, he may say scroll down to the last definition. It's not always Webster's. You understand, sweetheart? Wisdom has opened up. I see the core of wisdom I've never seen before. And there are no depths to the core of wisdom. But I'm seeing the inside of wisdom. And I'm in that dwelling place. It makes so much sense. And it's so simple. The simplicity of, you know, God's theology, biblically, and his word. It just brings us back to the basics. Basic instructions before leaving earth. The Bible. Basic instructions. And God said, you know, even though God was, you know, considering you like Mordecai to me, but you're not my, you know, uncle. You're not, you know, like a dad to me who raised me as he did Esther. You understand? But it's like when God have you to do something bigger than you regarding his people, you know, you have somebody in your corner to intercede and you are that somebody. 
Like Esther told Mordecai, fast. Let's fast. Go without no food, no drink. Just pray before God for these matter of days. I'm not asking you to do anything. Just pray with me. Just pray with me. Because what God made a request is, you know, it's spiritual. And in a, in a country with, you know, ability to be who you are, as you are, there is no law. Like God said, there's no law to love. There's no law to, that you have to be a Christian. There's no law that you have to be a Jew. There's no law that you have to serve God and make Jesus your Lord. There's no law to love. You understand? But we are in a country that says, in God we trust. We are in a country that say, God bless America. In the land of the free, having Statue of Liberty. Having a Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. All kinds of God word, God's words being manifested here in this country. On the one thing that's the root of all evil, which is money, and here we have printed on the min, on the money, God bless America. On a symbol that that's the root of all evil, and God say, God bless America. Come on, somebody. It was so difficult to become a president back in the day because you had to be in a Illuminati party. And that's what happened with John. I, I, trust me, just because I don't say nothing. I mean, you know, we, we don't say things, but we know things. Like when it comes to God want me to research things. Oh, God. Especially investigating things. Oh, God. But he don't want me to be no. I'm his investigator pretty much. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> no blue collar. No whatever. <laughs> NYPD. Nothing. You know. <laughs> you know. New York undercover. Whatever. <laughs> but... <laughs> Not even no Bill Nye, science guy, none of that. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> Not even common San Diego in a good way, but you know, God said, you're going to be my private eye. <laughs> okay, God, I love that. It's personal. I'll be whatever you want me to be. <laughs> you know, I love God. Like, you know, when somebody like say, you're mine, you know, you feel good to be wanted. That's how I feel with God right now. You're mine, Father God. <laughs> Father, <laughs> I see your pulse in a vision, your heartbeat for me. I love that. Keep it beating. And he said, um, you know, that's what happened to President Kennedy. You know, that's, that's the reason why he got assassinated. Because he, he, he grew up as a church kid. He grew up in a church home. You know, his church. He was a church boy. You know, and he wasn't going against his values. I'm not going to join an organization that's telling me that, you know, to curse my God or don't believe in my God or believe in any false God. And he was the only one who stood up to that. Oh, no, you got to go. So he decides to assassinate you during the midst of your, you know, you being honored in a parade in front of your wife, your family, in front of all America. <laughs> and guess what? His value still lives on. You understand? Simple as that. But I thank God that, you know, we don't lay down our life. And there has to be our daily confession. No man can take my life unless I lay it down. And I do not. I do not. Hallelujah. And, um, okay, God. Okay. Um, okay. 
Okay, I'll do that. But okay, so that's what he was saying, sweetheart. And you know, just intercede because, like, okay, he says share with you. You the only person I share things with. He had me to share. You know, intercede. He want me to go to um, Department of Treasury and just pray outside of the building. Yeah, because it's about to be passed. A lot of laws gonna be changed for the better because God putting people in office who knows Him. Jesus, <laughs> putting people in office who knows Him and who's not afraid, who's not afraid for God's voice to be heard. Hallelujah! I'm excited. No, I'm not in office. No, and God don't have me to run. No, I no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And I um. He said, you in my office. Okay, God. He's very personal right now. I'm like, you're right. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, Father, I'm blushing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I do <laughs> so much. Thank you. Yes, you brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. No, we have no other gods before you. No. I know, Father. I know. He said, I want you to be very generous and very patient for what I'm having to do because you have to realize it's not... It's not a force. It's a preference, you know. It's a preference. And you're right, God. It is. But it makes sense. Yes, it does. Because many agree. Yes, they do. I love you. Yes, God. So, if you just agree, you know, God will be done. In and through us, you know. I'm just so glad to those steps of faith. Yeah. I'm so glad I did. Because, you know, I wouldn't feel good if I didn't. Mm-mm. It been times that I didn't do it. I was like, okay, God, I'm gonna do it next time. But I just couldn't sit with it. I had to stop in the midst of me denying and do it. Honestly. You know? So it's like, even though you're not Mordecai, I'm not Esther. We had a new generation and generation gets greater. But God had me to do a lot of similarities that he had her to do regarding his people. Just being a voice, a woman with a voice. How many, how many of us you uh, we surrounded by? You understand? And most importantly, we all Christ-like. Who knows accept him as our Lord? Who humbled ourselves before him for him to be seen and heard through us? We can't preach about anything other than salvation. We can't preach about anybody's sexual preference or what gender they should be or how much money people should do or what they should wear. That's personal. Peter, Paul, and Christ never even preached about personality or, or you know, personal preferences. No, they preach salvation. That's why it's important to have a personal relationship with Christ because he would deal with anybody on a personal level, however he deal with how he talked to me, he might not talk to you. What he say to me, he might not say to you. What you do, I might not. What I do, you might not. You understand? But we both humble before him. So God say, oh, it's not about attitudes. No. And you're going to see that, that being float to the surface in this season. Because many don't want to be told, you know, what to do or they're not right or been proven wrong. And many of them can't handle it. And they have tantrums by being sarcastic or preaching about attitude, releasing attitudes in the atmosphere. And you can feel the attitudes. You can discern the attitudes in the atmosphere. When we say sideways threats and malicious words, sarcasm, saying things like you mess with my money, you mess with my children, you mess with my husband, mess with my wife. Mess with my family, mess with my congregation, you mess with my job, you mess with anything about me. And what goes after that, Christ said? If they do, then what? Were you going to go back and pick up the old you? When I showed you what happened when you look back? 
Didn't I show you with Lot's wife what happened? Now, you may not become a pillar of salt per se, but you become what you look at behind you because you can't see what's ahead of you to you for you to even partake or embrace. You can't embrace the future looking backwards. And you can't embrace the past moving forward. So what comes with that threat? That's not love. Christ said to me, everything is in Luke, what, 31 to 34? Everything, imagine everything that you will want people to do unto you. Think about everything you want people to do unto you. Now do it unto them. Jesus. God, I love that. I love that, Jesus. <laughs> Think about everything that you want people to do unto you. Respectfully, biblically, socially, emotionally, and mentally. Now do it unto them. Jesus. <laughs> I love it. Jesus. He's so glad I love it. I love it. <laughs> He's so glad I love it. Yes, I love it. I love it. Yes. Okay, God said, get off of here. Now I got to get off of here now. Greatest use in us. Things in the world. Thank you for praying for me. Yes, I need you. Thank you for praying for me on your end. Thank you. I love you.